Yo, dog, just shot you a favorite. Like seeing you out there doing big things. Check out my station. Let me know if you need. All right, I'm just playing with you, bro. Tell me what you think about this for a name for our inchoate podcast. Lit bros. You with me? Lit bros. Speaking of getting lit, look at you finishing war and peace like a big dog. YOLO. YOLO. So many people have that on their list, but you went out and did it. That's what I'm talking about. Now you're moving on to F. Scott Fitzgerald, Beautiful in the Dam. Haven't read that one. Read a few others. Halfway through Tender of the Night on my side. But I'm a big fan of The Other Side of Paradise. You really got to check that one out. Main character, Amory Blaine. He's like a proto Holden Caulfield. In fact, I got to think Salinger must have been influenced by that book when he wrote Catcher in the Rye. In fact, Amory was the name I threw out there for our son. But... No go with the wife. Anyway, let's talk more. All right, well, I got cut off on my call in, so I wanted to discuss War and Peace Tolstoy with how he interweaves a story about a royal family with the War of 1812, which is going on in the background. Um, So through entire sections of the novel he focuses on specifics between certain characters and and, you know their desires and fears falling in love falling out of love so this very intimate personal experience and then other sections of the book are almost like war stories where it's just describing movements, battle movements, soldiers and generals, plans. Um, so you, you see this almost, you have this feeling of history in the novel with Napoleon marching east. One of the great events in the book is the burning of Moscow and Tolstoy just does an excellent job of, of leading into it, of explaining it. You can tell he is attempting to spurn a lot of preconceived notions about what had appeared already in his time to be uh, the historical perspective. He tends to take a lot of assumptions about what happened and challenge those. Um, Really, really, really well written. Um, and uh, the novel, the characters are very dynamic. They're very easy to get connected with. Um, Andre, Raskolnikov, Nikolai, uh, Pierre. Just some very, very personable, likable characters um, and the families. Um, so, well, it is a heck of a novel and most of it will probably go by the wayside. The biggest, I think, the for me, the biggest takeaway was that book occurred, or when he wrote it, that he set that time up to be during Napoleon's terror and his reign, marching east, um, and the event of all the citizens having to leave Moscow or, or being uh, urged to leave, and. You know, a lot of them torn between whether they're going to or not. And a lot of the uh, royalty in the book go to St. Petersburg uh, as their kind of 
alternate place and he sets that up pretty interesting too to show you know, Moscow is burning and the royalty are in Petersburg as if nothing happened you know so it was probably only a horse ride away you know maybe half a day um, but he sets that up really nice and uh, I mean just uh, excellent excellent rider just really really detailed in depth um, some scenarios while um, Pierre is, is in prison after the war and just the way Tolstoy describes him sitting around a fire and and how he chose certain words to explain the fire um, just really really good overall um, at, at some moments hard to follow hard to hard to keep up with on audio format and listening to it a little quicker um, there's some French here and there oh and that was another interesting thing that the um, the Russians at that time seemed to be infatuated with like French culture it seemed very pervasive in their uh, society and so uh, that was neat uh, Pierre actually has uh, spends the time in France and uh, that comes up to play kind of neatly with the um, the point where Pierre is confronted and um, by uh, by French soldiers while he stays on in Moscow. Um, there's some interesting scenes where uh, Pierre goes um, back into a, a city um, to he wants to be heroic because actually his his goal, nebulous as it was, was to assassinate Napoleon because. He was uh, led to believe Napoleon would be in Moscow that day, but um, he kind of gets sidetracked. And you just need to do like this. Like you need to like hold it like that. Really? Like up in somebody's face? Yeah. And you can get like really good quality audio. Quality audio. Yeah. Just by holding up to your face. Yeah. Because it's got like noise canceling and other stuff in it to keep like the wind off of it and stuff like that. Too close? Just, no, no. It's good with me. I mean, I know it's going to get better quality, so I'm willing to sac sacrifice the Pop-Tart in my fucking face. Awesome. I'll have to edit that. Oh, this, oh okay. All right. All right. I guess sound effects are going to do that. So what were we talking about? Cavalier. Oh, yeah. Cavalier and Clay. Um, so the thing I find interesting about it is, like, when he transitioned from fiction to nonfiction, like, essentially, like, right within the text, like, seamlessly from one paragraph to another, right? Like, he'll be talking, talking about their fictional comic book that they're making, and then he'll go into, like, some, like, little historical um, synopsis of superman or batman or whatever and then similarly about like nazis or whatever when the plot is into the nazis obvious research done like beforehand on those events yeah yeah like he's 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 definitely like a, a comic book nerd for sure but but you're right but um but what's interesting to me is that like it's not seamless transition it's like somewhat jarring and but not in a bad way necessarily it's but it's like too it reminds me of Moby Dick in a way, you know, like a Moby Dick, like he has like the story and then he has like the facts about whales, the cetology he calls it. Yeah. So, so it reminds me of that a little bit. Like here's a story about comic books and then here's some, some like well-researched information, interesting stuff, yeah. interesting nonfiction. Yeah. Like just a lot of it. I'm juxtaposition together. Like, well, they're put together not like without either. transition. Right. They're like separated. Yeah. And, and in Moby Dick, at least they were separated by chapters usually like the Zetology was a separate chapter but he did some he, but in, in, in Cavalier and Clay it's like one paragraph and then non-fiction and then back to fiction yeah. 
I just find it interesting. Yeah. And scene. <laughs> and over. That was about Cavalier and Clay by Michael Shabon. Shabon.